right, shit. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 165. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, guest today. We've had him on a couple of times before. Evan Lazar, CLNS Media. And the reason I wanted Evan on, and I've said this, I've said this, I think I told Evan this, it might have been on camera or before we started recording, whatever. The reason I wanted to get Evan on, a big reason, was obviously to talk about Cam Newton and Patriots and all that. But he has been talking up, and he did. He said he's got no insider information on this, but he's been teasing the idea of Jadavion Clowney signing with the Patriots, which if Clowney signs with the Patriots, that is going to be crazy. They Jadavion Clowney as a defensive end for the Patriots, especially in – he talked about Kyle Van Noy in the interview – losing – some pretty big pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Adding yep. Jadavion Clowney would be a game changer. The defense is already really good, but it would just take a step further with Clowney. And you get a motivated Jadavion Clowney on like a one-year prove-it deal, which Belichick does all the time, gets the best out of the player, and they go somewhere else next year. But Clowney makes so much sense now that they have cap space again. Like now yeah. they've freighted it all up because of the what happened. So like that, that, that makes so much sense. I would love it. And Evan convinced me. Like I'm, 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 Basically, basically, Jadavion Clowney's already wearing a Patriots uniform. Might as well be. <laughs> All right. Weekly dump. Pretty quick one this week. Titans back. Derrick Henry will be playing under the franchise tag officially for the 2020 season. It will be making $10.278 million for the year. Rondo broke his thumb in Lakers practice and will be out six the next six to eight weeks. Do You, you got to stay in the bubble, right? So he's just going to be in the bubble with a broken thumb for the next six to yep. eight weeks. Yep. That sucks. Well, unless he like, is like, because he opts out, but like six to eight weeks, he could come back. Right. Like, I don't he know. Could, yeah, I think. Yeah. Like, cause it's going to be longer than that. So he, if he wants to play now, I mean, you have to like, if you're coming out of the bubble, you have to quarantine for X amount of days. So he might be able to go home and rehab, but I almost think they'd want him in the bubble to be safe. Yeah, there was, <laughs> they're going to go crazy. He's going to go crazy. I forget who tweeted it, but it, was it Bradley Beal, maybe? Who somebody? It was somebody who was like, uh, "Hey guys, this is this is a way to get out of the bubble. Order delivery. Go outside and get it, and you get some fresh air, or something like that." Oh, and then he tweeted, that. "Never mind," because there was a Sacramento Kings player who posted like this big apology. He was like, "He was like, I went out to get delivery, and I'm sorry to all the fans and and my teammates, but I now have to be quarantined for two weeks. So was, apparently, you can't even get delivery inside the bubble. Have you seen the food? Yeah, it's the it's, food is ass." It's, it's prison ass. food. It's prison. They, they got nothing for him. If I'm an NBA player, I'm pissed. I'm like, again, it's first world problems or high maintenance. I get it. But if but you're an like, NBA player like and you're putting yourself in middle school food. Yeah, you it's it's you should do people who go to Disney World get better food than what these NBA players are getting from their teams. It's absolutely they did get Mickey Mouse waffles. Hey, no bad thing there. Gotta love the Mickey Mouse waffles. <laughs> Put a little Speaking syrup in each bubble. ear. It's great. Speaking of the bubble, Instagram model. I don't know. Her, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Anna Mia. Anna Maya, Maya, uh, Anna Maya, M-Y-A. She claims that she's already got an invite to the NBA bubble in a tweet saying, I already got invited to the bubble. Yeah, the season definitely is ending early. So, one, I don't know if I believe her because a bunch of players have already commented on it. And B, whoever did not believe her, are you fucking stupid to do it this early? Because you can have, I think they can have guests in a couple weeks. 
Yeah, once the numbers die down. The reason why they can't now is because all the teams are there. Once teams start getting eliminated, then they can bring – because it's like a max number of people they need to have there. Yeah, and Florida's got 15,000 cases right now. 15,000 cases. So – Yeah, if, they, want, they want to open up and send people back to school and it just <laughs> – you cannot have anybody come into those hotels because if one guy gets infected, it's, he's going to affect his entire team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes grabs a 99 overall rating on Madden 21. Is the second best quarterback in the league. Again, according to Madden, is not Lamar Jackson. It's still Russell Wilson, which, duh. Lamar Jackson. Actually, I don't even think he cracked number three. Um, three is Drew Brees. They've still got – no, 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 no. Three no, is Lamar Lamar's Jackson. three. Three yep. and Lamar Jackson flipped this year. Tom Brady's still number five. Aaron Rodgers, six. Matt Ryan, seven, which – do we still think Matt Ryan's a good quarterback? I mean, he's good. No, I mean, he's not, good. He's not I mean, the is, best. Is I would put Tom Deshaun Brady Watson still, Is Tom Brady still a 90 overall? Mm. No, not. He's no. not. I mean, the game, he's, he's, he's better than he is in real life. But Matt yep. Ryan – I don't think Matt Ryan's better than Deshaun Watson for I, sure. I, do we know what they rated Cam Newton? Uh, I didn't no, see it anywhere. He's not in top 10, I can tell you that. That's all I'm looking at right now. My lord, I can't wait for him. Dude, he's on a revenge tour, man. We're going to talk about that, but like, whole. Uh, fastest quarterback in the game, obviously, Lamar Jackson, then Kyler Murray, Taysom Hill, uh, Marcus Mariota. I didn't even know Marcus Mariota was fast. Yeah, wh- why is, why is, um, why am I blanking on his name? Chiefs. Why is he not top five? Patrick Mahomes? I don't yeah, know. Why is Patty Mahomes on top five? He's fast. I know. I don't. I mean, maybe these guys again. I didn't even know. I didn't even know Mar- Marcus Mariota was that fast. So I don't know how. I would assume Patrick Mahomes is faster than him because Patrick Mahomes is basically a robot quarterback. Uh, and then the Oakley mouth shield. So Oakley in the NFL, they've came out with this mouth shield. This is what it says: a product designed by Oakley in collaboration with doctors and engineers from the NFL and NFLPA. Remember, these are the same. Uh, I mean, last time the NFL had worked with doctors they found uh an arthritis doctor who said that cte wasn't a real thing and there was no brain damage associated with the nfl which was one giant lie so just keep that in mind to mitigate the spread of the coronavirus on the field of play is expected to be distributed to all 32 teams over the next week when it will receive a test drive on a much larger scale than it has gotten to date i don't even know what that means i don't even know what this thing can be it's like is it like an auto thing that you push a button on the side of your helmet and the mouth guard goes in your mouth I don't know. Yeah, that I don't want to assume. Like yeah, a, like, like I, who? <laughs> it's, that's great. the only thing I can imagine. That's the only yeah. thing I can imagine. Uh, that's all I can think of. That was the weekly dump. Jared, this show was- and the interview with Evan Lazar, one of the best Patriots reporters going, not yes. even a question. Knows his shit. Tapped in, too, Spotify. by the way. Sponsored by guys, our guys over at Manscaped, which, did you get your package yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. Me and Jared got the Shears 2.0, and I forgot these were coming in. I did, and too. Also, I was like, wait, what? I Manscaped again? Yeah. We've got clippers, nail clippers here. And this this th- this just launched the Shears 2.0. I think it already launched. Tweezers, yeah. and if not, we're giving you a little sneak peek. Tweezers. Fine. They're great. Nail file. And what do these scissors do? I think they're for like trimming hair and like edges. Like my my I, wife cuts. Like, fair transparency. My wife my wife cuts my own hair because that's that's how cheap I am. But she does a great job, so it's fine. And she she opened it and went, oh, I could use those to cut nice clean edges on your around your ear. So 
guys, that's what it's for. If you want to go old school and you need some extra long hair around the body before you use the lawnmower 3.0, maybe clean it up that way too. Variety of options when you have that in your hands. Phenomenal kit. Shears 2.0. And the tweezers are big because I, whenever I need tweezers, I can't find them. So this is big news. So guys, the reopening is right around the corner and there's a chance that no one has seen your testicles in a few months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you guys show up to the first day of school without a haircut? Jared, would you do that? Uh, I'd be stupid to it, Nick. I'd be very stupid to Listen, Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Jared, likely, in the next very soon, is having a child. And I have said a million times now, this child is this child is essentially sponsored by Manscaped. He yeah. is having a child because of Manscaped. I should get her. I should get her a uh, Manscaped onesie. We should. For we the should. Read. Manscaped should send you one. Manscaped, that would be hit, ideal. Me the Manscaped, lawnmower, come on. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology. Your snags are going to be reduced while preparing yourself for post-quarantine life. Manscaped is forever changing the groom again with their Perfect Package 3.0 Essentials Kit. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water-resistant cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, which I use when I golf, phenomenal big thigh guys. They are perfect for you. And a travel bag for you to use when you're when we're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which I use often because things get smelly down there. The Crop Preserver anti is anti-chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your ball sticking to your leg. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a boost. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure that your trimmer stays fresh and clean. The light is at the end of the tunnel, fellas. Treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off with free shipping with the code couchguy20, C-O-U-C-H-G-U-I-2-0 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off with free shipping with the code couchguy20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code couchguy. Again, C-O-U-C-H-G-U-I-2-0. Your first date and your ladies, they're going to thank you. Manscaped.com. Manscaped, hit me up. Give me a onesie. Manscaped onesie, we're going to need one. We're going to roll right now into the Evan Lazar interview. CLNS Media, we talk Cam Newton, we talk Jared Sidham, we talk Jadavion Clowney. It's just me. Jared, unfortunately, couldn't make it. It's just me and Evan going back and forth. Awesome interview, as always. Evan, again, one of the best football minds in New England. I he, I, I, really 100%—I want to guarantee this. I think Evan is going to be a national football reporter at some oh. point, a very big one. If he wants it, he'll. I, you can guarantee it if he actually wants it. Yep. He knows such an absurd amount. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense that you can know as much as he does. But Evan Lazar interview right here, CLNS Media, and we're gonna start that right now. Welcome in, Evan Lazar, to this week's Couch Guy Sports podcast. Evan, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. We're doing it video style now, so I got to get used to this podcast with video. You know, as the company tries to move forward towards that direction it's a little different but i like it yeah we're trying we're trying to get the youtube channel up on couch guy too so uh so yeah i mean evan lazar clns media we've had evan on a few times now this is probably time three or four and evan this is obviously you know i love having you on i tell you that every time every time like i love i love reading all your shit i think you're one of the best guys out there but 
one thing that you've been talking about this week was like, oh, I want to get Evan on. And I bet you you know where you go, where I'm going with this. Jadavion Clowney. Yes. You're you're talking up the possibility of Clowney maybe fitting in with the Patriots. Do you think that there's a legitimate possibility that this guy could end up with the Patriots? Because, I mean, as a Patriots fan, and most Patriots fans would be all sorts of jacked up for this. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to preface this by saying I have no inside information that the Patriots are interested in Jadavian Clowney. This is complete speculation. But the one thing that I always look for with Bill Belichick is, first, how can I use this guy in our scheme? And can he fit into defensively or offensively what we like to do? And I think that's pretty clear with Clowney that as that hybrid defensive end outside linebacker, you know, in the similar mold to a Van Noy or a Vrabel or a McGinnis or someone like that, that can play out on the edge and play at the end of the line. He is a perfect player. He's the prototype. He was created in a lab to do that, honestly. And then you look at the market for Jadavian Clowney, which started out pretty robust in March, but he got a ton of offers from teams that, quite frankly, he thought were not contenders. Teams like Miami, Detroit, Cleveland, that he got big-time money offers from, but he wasn't interested in going there because he wanted to compete for Super Bowls. And since then, because he said no to all those teams, you know, the Dolphins, for example, he said no to Miami, so they went out and gave the money and gave the bag to Kyle Van Noy instead of to to Jadavian Clowney, and they moved on with their search, with their free agency plan. So when you look at the market now, we're getting into that sort of Cam Newton territory where a one-year prove-it deal with a lot of escalators based off incentives or maybe dummy years tacked onto the contract to lower his cap hit in 2020 is starting to make a lot more sense for both sides. And I think that one reason why the pandemic has had such an impact on free agency this year is that with guys like Clowney, who have a bit of an injury history, who have some things to answer to in terms of injuries and getting a physical done and having his production be what it was last year, giving him a long-term extension without bringing him in for a visit is something I think a lot of teams are reluctant to do. So perfect year to reset the market, sign here for one year, thrive and, and star really, I think, in Bill Belichick's scheme and a scheme that perfectly fits your skill set. And then next year you go out there and get that big payday. It, you can talk yourself into that for Clowney and his camp if, if you're Jadavian Clowney pretty easily. So with Seattle, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think a lot of people are in this boat too. I don't think a lot of people around here fully paid attention to him in Seattle. Did he have a down year last year? So here's the thing. He's never really developed into a great pass rusher. You know, that was one, the one thing coming out. Yeah that people were really hoping for was that he was going to develop into this great one-on-one on the edge pass rusher where it's him versus the tackle and he can just beat a guy with a move. Right. And he really hasn't developed his repertoire to the point where he can be that sort of guy. So what you need to do to get him to produce in the, in the pass rusher as a blitzer or as a pass rusher is move him around the formation, use him in different types of schemes. You know, the Patriots love to run those stunts up front where they're picking for guys and they're having guys wrap around that penetration and getting free runs at the quarterback. Things like that are perfect fits for Clowney. But if you just ask him, like in Seattle, he was playing that Leo role, which is a designated pass rusher role in Pete Carroll's defense on the weak side of the formation, where really all he's meant to do for the most part when he's over there is just pin his ears back and get after the quarterback, right? And when you're playing in that role, you're going to get a lot of one-on-ones, which is what they want to produce. But at the same time, if you're not 
a really a great natural pass rusher, you're going to maybe struggle to put up production there. So he only had three sacks last year for Seattle. He was really impactful in the running game, though. He's a splash player in the running game. You know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Dante Hightower, you know, just kind of going in there and a wrecking ball, great force, great ability to, you know, take on guys at the line of scrimmage and force guys backwards and make plays behind the line of scrimmage. But as a pass rusher, he needs to be schemed. He needs to be helped out a little bit by the coaching staff. And I think that in Seattle, they run a pretty rudimentary scheme where it's kind of just, this is our defense and we're so good at it that we're going to run it better than you can kind of execute your offense. And, and they're not necessarily as much of a game plan, chess piece, move this guy around here, move this guy around there type of team like Bill Belichick is. Well, you know, so many people, I think, with Clowney specifically, they think that a lot of people go based off, I mean, you know, social media, people go nuts over it. And obviously that viral video from uh, his final year in college, I think it was his final year in college, where he smoked the back in the backfield. And that right. was something that everybody was like, oh, wow, this kid has a chance to be nasty in the NFL. So I think that might have like, that might have built up a lot of expectation for him. Obviously, you know much more about like all of the specifics about it, but like from a general football fan perspective, a lot of people probably were like, okay, we're going to see a lot of this in the NFL. And yeah, you're right. I feel like even when he was with Houston, I mean, he was a little underwhelming. Like every time I saw him play against the Patriots, it was like, okay, him and JJ Watt, but Clowney was always kind of MIA. Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of those guys where I personally think that you really need to watch the tape and really focus on what he is doing, especially against the run. You know, as a pass rusher, he's a modest pass rusher. His sack totals have been modest. His pressure totals just generating pressure on the quarterback, even if you don't get a sack. They're okay. You know, they're average. They're around what Van Noy produced for the Patriots last year. So good, but not great. Right. And I think that that's really the difference between him and some of these other guys that have already signed is that those guys are more natural pass rushers maybe than Clowney is. But if you watch him play at the end of the line and watch him defend the run, his ability, his quickness and his explosiveness off the ball, his strength off the ball to be able to knife into the backfield and make plays or hold up the run at the strong side of the formation and set the edge and force the run back inside, do things like like that that the Patriots are going to ask their outside linebackers to do those edge setters to do he's extremely good at that so I think that he's a perfect example of a player like maybe like a Trey Flowers for example who doesn't put up the gaudy stat totals he's not a 10 sack guy he's not somebody that's making pro bowls all the time because of his sack numbers but when you actually turn on the tape you see how disruptive he is down to down and how consistent he is especially against the run and how many plays he can make behind the line of scrimmage and be a guy that when you watch it too a lot of offensive coordinators and offensive schemes are game planning to block this guy you know they're coming up with ways that they're going to trap him or they're going to leave him unblocked and let him kind of just linger in space or they're going to do something to him to make him you know, less effective against the run because he is such an effective run stuffer. So I think that he has the perfect Patriots sort of mold of a guy that is kind of better than maybe the production or the stats necessarily tell you when you turn on the tape. So who would you rather have on your team? Kyle Van Noy or, or Jadavion Clowney? Well, I think the question is, is who would you rather have in terms of 
the money, right? Would you rather sign Kyle Van Noy to that big, massive contract that Miami gave to him or take a chance on Clowney for one year in sort of a prove-it situation? I, I love Kyle Van Noy. I think that he developed into a really solid player here in New England. Last year especially was his best year, I think, of his career by far, and I, I don't think he would disagree with that. But I, I think that the biggest thing with Clowney is that he does have a little bit more of that explosiveness, a little bit more of that raw freak athleticism that made him the number one overall pick. So you give a guy like that who's got all the moldable clay in the world, right? He's got all the measurables. He's got all the athletic boxes check. And you give him to Belichick and you hope that Bill can kind of develop him into the player that everybody thought he was going to be. So just just looking around the team, and we're obviously talking about defense right now, but just looking around the entire team, I want to get your thoughts on what do you think is there's I mean, without Tom Brady now with for the past 20 years with Tom Brady on the team, you obviously like, okay, you feel good because you've got Tom Brady as a quarterback. Now we're going into I mean, if you want to call it a a QB competition, who knows? We could talk about that in a bit. But what part of this Patriots team do you think that we have to worry about the most in regards to might not be that good this season? Because there are different aspects, especially on the defensive side, that lost some pretty big pieces like Kyle Van Noy. What part of the team do you think has to improve or at least is going to be the weak spot of the team going into the season? I would say that most of the team right now I like for the most part in terms of what they're going to put out there for their starting 11s on both sides of the ball. I think mm-hmm. it's really the the veteran backups and the fact that they have a lot of young players that are now being put into roles where they are top backups or rotational guys that uh, they're going to play a lot of snaps in their first or first or second years in the league. You know, looking at those linebackers, for example, Uche, Jennings, Chase Winovich, those guys have only been in the league for either rookies or one year in Winovich's case. And now they're going to have to pick up some of the slack left by Van Noy, left by Collins, Alandon Roberts, you know, those players and, and they have some young guys there. And then you look at the offensive line and they have some young guys backing up the starting five there as well. You know, you got guys like Yadney Kajuce, for example, who right now, if the season were to start tomorrow, Kajuce would probably be your swing tackle. He's probably your third tackle and your top backup to Isaiah Wynn and Marcus Cannon. He's never played a down in the NFL and he's never even gone through a padded practice in the NFL and he's your backup at tackle. So I think it's really the depth of this team right now that I would have concerns about in certain spots where you look at the defensive line, maybe they're a little bit thin there. They have a lot of youth and a lot of promise in certain in other spots certainly like linebacker and offensive line but it's a lot to ask for you know some of those guys that are younger in this abbreviated offseason in the shortened camp to really get up to speed to be able to be that top backup and I think that if you're a Patriots fan you are a little bit concerned you know Isaiah Wynn has an extensive injury history in the NFL what happens if he goes down and who's going to play tackle are we going to have another Marshall Newhouse situation are we going to have Corey Cunningham starting at left tackle in week two if Isaiah Wynn goes down that's the question for me is the depth there the fact that they're relying on a lot of young players in an offseason where they have an abbreviated camp I think is a little bit worrisome I will jump out a window if we have to watch another Marshall Newhouse situation at left tackle I don't think that's gonna happen but (laughs) I I don't think it's gonna get that bad again but I, I do look at that offensive line and I love the people that they have drafted over the last couple of years to build up that depth but if somebody goes down on that interior, it's probably going to mean somebody like a Yelda Froholt or one of the rookies that they just drafted in, at the end of the draft in April starting for this team. Or it's going to mean Yadi Kaju starting at tackle if Isaiah Wynn goes down. And with no Dante Skarnecki around, you just hope that those guys are ready for that moment when it comes. 
Mike from the CLNS roundtable that we do was yeah. going to he. I thought he was going to rip out his hair in the middle of the show was talking about Marshall Newhouse. I don't know if there was anybody who hated Marshall Newhouse more than Mike Molino. It's it's a tough one because I understand from the outside looking in why you would really hate you know hate the guy. Yeah. So to speak, left tackle is much tougher than people give it. Like left tackle is a very yeah. tough position. And you know what's crazy about it is, believe it or not, and I know this is shocking to a lot of people, but I promise you, if you watch the 32 starting left tackles in the league last year, Marshall Newhouse was not the worst one. Which is crazy to Scary. say. But the whole league is really having a struggle with developing and finding talent along the offensive line. Certain teams like the Patriots, for example, have great coaching and they're able to find and, and discover those guys and develop those guys. But other teams are really struggling to find good quality tackle play, especially. So Marshall Newhouse is one of those guys that his smarts, his intelligence, his veteran savviness was at least passable into a, a, a point and but I'm not gonna make too many excuses for him I mean it wasn't pretty yeah I mean and and I was always I was always a Nate Solder guy at least for a few years I even had a Nate Solder jersey I might have been the only person in New England who had a Nate Solder jersey and I always thought that guy got an unnecessary amount of crap but stick with the offensive line I worry about David Andrews specifically because you saw what happened last year when you lose David Andrews he's the captain of the offensive line something that people don't really put in perspective is is I think the center is basically quarterback number two on the offense he is screaming out commands he is so important especially just to the cohesiveness of the offensive line Ted Karras did a good job but David Andrews I worry because with COVID still going to be a major factor come September come October the guy's coming back from a collapsed lung, right. unless I'm wrong. No, so, with that a, scares a me. blood clot, correct. Yeah, blood yeah, clot. yeah, sorry. It is it is a little bit scary, you know, and, and like I was talking about the backups on the offensive line all being young guys, they don't tr- have a true backup center anymore because Karras is in Miami. Yeah. So they don't really have a guy that has played center in the NFL before, has any sort of experience at center now. Froholt has a little bit of experience there. I know on Wenu, who they just drafted in the sixth round out of Michigan, is working on snapping and is trying to get up to speed with being able to back up all three interior spots. So they do have some guys that have a little bit of experience, at least in the college level or in practice and doing things that centers do. But I think with Andrews, it was two things. One, the leadership on and off the field, I think, is is can't be understated right that's a huge part of it I also think the tenacity and sort of the nasty that he brings to that offensive line the attitude that he brings was missing at times a little bit last year there was no urgency with that group last year compared to 2018 where he's you know waving goodbye to the fans in Kansas City and and rubbing guys nose in the dirt and stuff like that that's David Andrews you know he's a nasty player and they love that about him and I think the third thing is too is that he's got athleticism and he's a little bit undersized for center but he's got the ability to make tougher blocks in space, on the move, reach blocks on the line of scrimmage that really speeds up the entire unit. Because when that center is fast and that center can move at that pivot position, everybody else on the offensive line, the whole operation just moves faster from left to right, especially when you're going sideline to sideline. Whereas with Ted Karras, he was more of a bigger bodied center, a guy that was definitely staunchier at the line of scrimmage it could move guys a little bit better than maybe than David Andrews but didn't quite have that speed and that athleticism so they were a little bit slower as a result of David Andrews going out and obviously his leadership skills and just the way that he runs the operation there can't be understated especially with Dante Scarnecchia gone now he's now kind of the leader in the clubhouse right and offensive line is so important especially this year whether again and this is the question I'm going to ask you next but just the point is 
whether you do go with Cam Newton or if you go with Jared Sidham, the offensive line is so important because, A, Cam Newton, tons of injuries right now, and we're hoping that he's healthy. And then Jared Stidham, you need this guy to gain some confidence, and you're not going to get confidence if you're getting smoked from your blind side every right. play. So talking about the quarterbacks, though, we've got a few minutes left here, so I just want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think there is an actual QB competition this offseason for the starting job in New England between Cam Newton and Jared Siddham? Because a lot of us thought Jared Siddham was just going to be the guy. Obviously, Cam Newton throws a whole wrench in those plans. So what do you think about that? Is there a legit QB competition? I think you can see, like, Jared Siddham's eye through the crack in the door, right? You can, There's the door <laughs> open just a little bit, but I highly doubt unless Cam Newton falls on his face is washed up, is injured, something like that, a catastrophe happens for Cam Newton in camp. I just can't really see how they go with Stidham over Cam if everybody's healthy and all things are equal, right? And I think the biggest reason why is that you look at what they can be offensively and the doors that Cam opens for them, the avenues that he opens for them to move the football both on the ground and through the air because of his experience. With Stidham, you're probably looking at something that resembles maybe the Matt Castle season in 2008 where things are still running decently well but they're managed right and you're managing the quarterback it's a lot of half field reads it's a lot of getting him outside the pocket and get cutting the field in half to make the reads easier for him it's a lot of you know this is your one in your progression and maybe you take off if you don't like it you know stuff like that and I think that that's the difference between Stidham and Cam is that Cam has been in the league for over a decade Cam's got that experience as a starter to be able to go in there and run a full playbook to run a full repertoire of things out there whereas with Stidham you're probably managing him you're probably limiting the playbook somewhat to just a couple of different things that you want to do fundamentally and that's where you kind of have to go with the young quarterback so where is the berth more you know wide open for them it's certainly if they go with Cam Newton they're a much more dynamic offense with Cam Newton at quarterback and the one thing that I looked at all offseason Nick it was how does this offense get better than it was last year Right, you lose Brady, okay, but the offense wasn't really that great last year, anyways, especially down the stretch. So, how can they get better? Well, the one way I think that's the easiest way is that all those guys, Mohamed Sanu, Nikhil Harry, they take a leap, right? They make a have a much better season in year two than they did in year one. I was going to ask you about the receiver group. Like, what do you what right. do you think about these guys coming into it? I do. I'm optimistic about the wide receivers. I really am. I think Nikhil Harry is doing all the right things. I think Sanu is doing all the right things. I think those guys are going to be a lot better. But other than that, what was sort of the one way that you could kind of change things for the defense, change the deck for you offensively? And that was adding a running quarterback and adding somebody that can let you play 11 on 11, let you run some schemes that are a little bit different than what you did with Tom Brady and pull a defender out of the equation for the defense because they have to account for the quarterback somehow, whether it's spying him or whether it's holding the edge in the uh, zone read situation or it's, you know, containing the rush. So there's not a ton of pressure on the quarterback, but you're holding Cam in the pocket so he can't scramble. All those situations present sort of another trump card for the offense over the defense, and it opens things up and allows the Patriots to really get back to that formula that I think they want to be, which is ground and pound with the run game, control the clock, control field positioning, and do that sort of thing with the running game and lean on that defense to be great and to be elite, and then also control special teams as well. And I think that that's sort of been their formula the last couple of years, and Cam kind of increases their margin of error with that formula because now they can be a truly elite running team with a running quarterback. If you look over the last decade in the league, 
the teams that have true elite rushing attacks. We're talking about Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott in Dallas, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, the Niners with Kaepernick back, you know, 10 years ago. Those teams had running quarterbacks, had athletic quarterbacks that changed the, the deck for the offense. Without that running quarterback, most teams will average four and a half yards a carry if they're good, four and a, 4.8 if they're really good, you know, something around there. And you don't really have an efficient elite offense with that sort of rushing attack. So you have to have a quarterback that can move. So the final question I'll let you go is with all that, with all the Cam Newton talk, because look, I didn't, I didn't think Cam Newton was going to be a New England Patriot, but yeah, I not. am way too excited to see Cam Newton play. It makes the season so much more interesting. And I mean, like, and I'll be honest, before the Cam Newton signing, you look at this wicked tough schedule and you're like, I don't know if they're going to win the division this year, but with the addition of Cam Newton, what do you think about the division? Because I, I don't think you have to worry much about Miami and New York, but it's Buffalo. Stephon Diggs added to that offense. Do the Patriots, do you think, and again, this is the last question, I'll let you go. Do you think the Patriots win the AFC East this year? I'm taking the Patriots in the AFC East. The biggest I think you got to put the money on them. Other than me being a big-time homer in this answer is the fact that basically what it's going to come down to, in my eyes, is two things. One, the the Buffalo Bills quarterback situation versus the New England Patriots quarterback situation. Yeah. Can the Patriots quarterbacks outplay Josh Allen? Whoever it is starting in New England, can they outplay Josh Allen? Don't tell Bill's Mafia this, but Josh Allen, not that good. So I think that that's, possible. <laughs> that's a possibility, right? The other thing is, is can Belichick outcoach McDermott? And time and time again, Belichick has had McDermott's number. I don't think McDermott's beaten Belichick yet as the Bill's head coach. I think Belichick's 8-0 yeah, yeah, right. or 6-0 or something like that against Buffalo since McDermott took over there. So that's a giant monkey on McDermott's back that he'll have to throw off this season. So really it comes down to the coaching and it comes down to the quarterbacks because defensively it's a wash in my opinion both defenses are great buffalo maybe has a little bit of an of a better supporting cast for josh allen because of Diggs and because of john brad and those receivers but if he can't hit them with throwing the ball then it, it really doesn't matter how good the receivers are so i think it really comes down to the quarterbacks it comes down to the coaches and at the end of the day i i just need to see buffalo beat the patriots in a winner take all type of game like we had in week 16 of last year and actually get over that hurdle before i can pick them to win the division well that's been my point since Stephon Diggs was uh headed to buffalo it was okay that's great but Allen's got to throw the ball to him. It has got to be catchable. Like he's a That's great receiver, but he's got to catch Allen it. Too, is that as strong of an arm as he has, he has one of the worst deep balls in the entire NFL, probably the worst deep ball statistically in the NFL because of how inaccurate it is. Right. So he can throw it 80 yards in the air, but he's not going to come anywhere close to the receiver. And that's a big issue for them. So they can get Stephon Diggs and John Brown open deep downfield all day long. But if Allen's deep ball doesn't become more consistent, then it's going to be a whole lot for nothing. Right. And I mean, like I said, the addition of Cam Newton, just to wrap it all up, my God, it makes the season so much better. Like I was I was like, I love watching the Patriots and all. But especially with no fans, too. And then you were like, okay, Jared Sidham might be okay. But the addition of Cam Newton just takes the excitement level for this season. No Tom Brady anymore. And just, it goes up a million. Evan Lazar, CLNS Media. Follow him on Twitter. It's always at EZ Lazar. If you guys want awesome football Patriots content. Like I said, I mean, I always want Evan on. But the Jadavion Clowney talk this week got me all sorts of excited. 
So again, Evan Lazar, CL on his media. Catch him. Evan, is that show with you at uh, the, the Q&A with you and Sierra? Is that Monday through Friday? One o'clock? It is uh, Tuesday and Friday. We do it twice Tuesday a Tuesday and Friday. I Tuesday. feel like I see it all the time. Maybe it's just all the yeah. retweets. <laughs> yes, probably. All right. Evan Lazar, CL on his media. Catch all of his stuff there. CL on his media.com. Evan, man, thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully we can get, back, get you back soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Once again, thank you, Evan Lazar, for joining the show. Again, follow him on Twitter, at EZLazar. Catch all of his stuff on CLNSmedia.com and, of course, the CLNS Media Patriots Twitter channel and the CLNS Media regular Twitter page as well. And everything's on YouTube, too. Evan Lazar, thank you. So we're going to talk real quick about this, and then we're going to wrap up the show. Cam Newton went on, and Jared, you know more about this than me. I haven't gotten to watch the whole thing yet, but Cam Newton went on, it was, it was OBJ show? So OBJ, like, organized it. Yeah, it was through his YouTube channel, and Victor Cruz ended up being, like, the mediator of it because he's no longer playing and he has a podcast. Victor Cruz, by the way, side note, very great person, like, good personality, good on-air person, side note. But um, it was OBJ, um, Todd Gurley, and our new quarterback, Cam Newton alongside Victor Cruz, and they talked about a bunch of crap. You know, Black Lives Matter, obviously, COVID, quarantining, what their life's like, stuff like that. But it got to the point where, obviously, they were talking about you guys are all playing for either new teams or coming off injuries, and, like, what are you guys' training been like, expectations, if we do suit up, because they talked about they're not expecting a season. They actually said that, so we'll see. But They're not uh, expecting a season? They said they'd be surprised if there's a season, and they're shocked that the NFL does not have a plan because they have not heard anything from the league. The NFL has no plan. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. So the that's NFL coming from no that's coming straight from their players' mouths. They have not heard a word from the NFL. But they got to the point where they were talking about the season. If that does happen, and, and obviously Cam is a big deal. Now he's replacing Tom Brady. And they and Victor Cruz went to ask, like, what are your thoughts about, you know, you meshing with Belichick and um, you know, going in there and, and replacing Tom? Like you you are you know who you're replacing. He's like, look. And then he went on about like being unemployed for X amount of days. He's like, I counted the nights. I counted teams passing over me. And he was like, I don't even, I never even understood it because there were players older than me getting signed players who had worse stats than me getting signed. And then Victor Cruz even chimed in and went, yeah, getting signed and getting starting jobs over you. And then he was like, yeah. And he was like, it's not because of my age. And then Victor Cruz said, yeah, at your age, 31 is good at your, at your position. Like 31, yeah, we've but, talked yeah, about but this. You know what? And you mentioned that before we started the show. You, the only the only thing that I would counter that with is that he hasn't played the position like other quarterbacks. He hasn't sure. played even like running quarterbacks. He's played the position like a, a fullback, yeah, like a linebacker who who's wrecking yeah. his body. Because we talked about this, the guy yeah. doesn't avoid hits. The guy's nope. not a running quarterback that runs out of bounds when there's trouble coming yeah. or tries to avoid it. He lowers his shoulder and he tries to run through yeah. you. So. It, on the, he's, on the Cam Newton side, though, I mean, wouldn't you take – I mean, most people should have taken Cam Newton over Tyrod Taylor. Most people oh, should yeah. have taken Cam Newton over Marcus Mariota. Like, those kind of play – like, why in the world do you not sign this guy? And that's a conversation we've had. Patriots lucked out. We'll take it. And then they went on to talk about, like, meshing with Belichick and replacing Brady. And he's like, look, when I first got the phone call from my agent saying that there's a team interested, Cam goes, who is it? New England. He, he goes, my first thought was, how the hell am I going to mesh with Bill Belichick? What, how, what's that going to look like? And then he started to think about it more, and he's like, you know, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity, and, and it's going to be a blast. And look, I had a lot of teams pass over me. Um, he's like, and then Victor Cruz cut in and was like, but you're replacing Tom Brady. You're replacing, look who you're replacing. And he's like, look, he was great. There's no question. He's the greatest to do it. But 
look, McDaniels now has plays that he can call that he hasn't been able to call before. You're getting, and he's like, you're getting a dog, you're getting a guy, and then went through the schedule and was like talking about, you know, these guys passed over me, these guys passed over me. He, he, he's, mind you, this whole video, Cam's smoking a cigar. No one else is. <laughs> They're all drinking wine. He's got a re- glass of red wine and a stogie, a fat stogie in his hand, all during this video. And he goes, look, I'm for next this season. I'm, I'm going for next this year. Uh, basically, I'm pissed. I'm going on a revenge tour of my own. Um, and I'm excited to see where this goes. And he basically said, you guys are all screwed. I'm pumped to play with, for McDaniels and Belichick and get coached by one of the greatest to ever do it. And so I think that's the answer right there, because the question is, how can Cam Newton and Bill Belichick, can Bill Belichick and Cam Newton mesh? Because they've got two very different personalities. Bill Belichick's always been about, okay, do your talking on the field, win football games. Cam Newton yep. is very boisterous, very loud, like shoving it in your face, which Bill Belichick doesn't have a problem with. There's this weird misconception that Bill Belichick doesn't want celebrations. And then we've, and a lot of us have seen that pass around video on Twitter where Bill Belichick's like celebrate, be excited. He wants that kind of energy. So in yep. that regard, they mesh well right there. Yeah. But the main point is Cam Newton, I think we both agree, is going to be here for a season, right? He's only going to be here for a year. He's going to get another contract somewhere else. The Patriots aren't going to pay him. It's going to be time for Jared Stidham here. But they both have the same goal, and it's the only goal that matters for both of them. It's to win. Bill Belichick doesn't want to lose while Tom Brady's having success because I think he's going to be successful in Tampa Bay this year. Yep. Cam Newton wants to show everybody what they missed out on, so he's motivated in that regard. So yep. you've got two guys who just want to do one thing. It's win. And honestly, yep. in the Patriots system— that's all that matters. Yep, and and you still have guys there. My, people forget this. You still have a lot of veteran leadership who are bought into the Patriot way there. McCordy's. You have Matt Slater coming back. You have all Hightower. these guys. Hightower. Stefan Gilmore, who clearly bought in when he signed the contract and now is a 99 player in Madden and defensive player of the year. Like, you still have guys and leaders on this team who are bought in that Cam can do his thing. And there's guys on his offense. He's throwing with Nikhil Harry. He's putting out hype videos and saying, you know, honey, we're going north, which got me going can I tell you that you know like all these things and that's why I was curious too to see with the Belichick stuff like people are I was listening to Felger and Maz the other day and Felger was like I can't believe Belichick allowed that video and allowed these videos and he should be pissed at on Nantucket and coming at these players and counting no this is you if can't we've talked about why it doesn't even make sense if Cam Newton is going to be good you need cocky Cam We've talked about the cocky Cam thing yeah you you need cocky Cam or he's not good you need to let Cam do his thing Get familiar with the offense. Play with Sanu. Get, you know, J- him and James White could be a massive combination. What Cam Newton could do with James White behind him is nuts. And look, you forget about one guy that has motivation this year. It's McDaniel's. McDaniel's has really only had success with Brady, except for like the one-off playoff when he had with Tebow. So like, McDaniel's has a lot to prove without Tom Brady by his side. You think of the and people praise McDaniel's for being this offensive mastermind. Okay, here we are. Like you have one of the more versatile quarterbacks, if healthy, to play the game. So let me see what you got. Let's see it. He can get adventurous this year with the play calling. So Cam's right on that part too. Cam, like I said, Cam is here to win football games. Bill Belichick wants to win football games. Football That's games. all that matters. And I don't think I don't think Cam is going to be as energetic and as as crazy as he was, it's like in the 2015 season. I think he's going to be here to work. I think he's here in New England to prove a point to win football games. And yeah, you're. I mean, the cockiness level, show it. That's what we want. If Cam's cocky, if he's confident, 
That means yep. he is ripping up the league again. And, that and is, at, well, that's what we need. Yeah, and the Belichick thing, too. Like, people are like, oh, well, he can't be 2015 Cam again, like, all this stuff. And it's like, guys, I think Belichick's smart enough to, one, let him be him. But also, Cam's going to get coached again by one of the greatest to ever do it, if not the greatest coach, and a really good offensive coordinator. You don't think they're going to say teach him ways and help him understand how to, to play the way he usually plays, but in a smarter way to not hurt his body. Like, he knows he's coming off injuries. He can still play like Lamar Jackson, like all those guys, like Patty Mahomes, and avoid running full steam and getting flipped over at the goal line like he did in 2015. Like, there were some reckless plays he made in that MVP year. But he can still have that caliber of season without putting his body at risk. And I think the age has helped him understand that. Going through these injuries has helped him understand that. And day one, Belichick's going to go, look, Cam, you want revenge. You want the next of these teams. Great. I want to keep you on the field all season. So this is how we have to do it. I'm all in to let you play, but we have to keep your body healthy. And Cam's going to respect that. I think Belichick's going to have the respect of Cam Newton day one. I think he already does. And that's going to be a huge help to getting him into the offense. And like Evan said in the interview, adding Cam Newton to this offense, it's now 11 v 11. It's no longer Tom Brady, the pocket passer, and the the rest of the 10 players versus the 11 players on the defense. Now teams have to worry about Cam Newton, too, running out of the pocket and running upfield. Because Tom Brady, if you left the the entire left side open, sometimes he would go, but he wouldn't get very far. Now there has to be somebody paying attention to Cam Newton. It's now an 11 v 11 game. This season is going to be fucking it's phenomenal and it, it just and you think about that right it frees up if someone comes in and cam newton runs to the left side someone has to pinch in it frees up harry it frees up sanu it frees up a double team off edelman um you know you have these two new tight ends who are learning the way you freeze up those guys like having the ability to have someone have to focus on cam frees up those guys who are still learning the offense and give, me give me judavian give me judavian it's going to be a hell of a season, and we're just going to keep talking about it. Catch Guys Sports Podcast, 165. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And you know what? Because this is going to come out. We're going to make the announcement today. We've got a show dropping this Friday. In episode number one, we've got the premiere. Brianna Pierre. if you're part of Patriots Twitter, you know who she is. She's got a ton of Twitter followers. She's got very hot takes. She is very combative with people who deserve to be uh, yelled at. She's not afraid to go after people. It's going to be an awesome show. Starts this Friday. I believe it's going to be releasing every Friday, so keep a lookout for that. Again, dropping this week. And we have another show in the works now, too, so get ready for that. Mm. Nick Qualia, Jared Scally, also the Twitch channel doing great. The numbers are doing awesome. Go subscribe to the Twitch channel. Go follow the Twitch channel. I have never been a Twitch guy. I now am a Twitch guy, and our channel itself is awesome. Boom. I love Boom. the two guys we got going. We got Waleed, and we've got Yeba. Yeba is insane at Warzone. Yeah, and we're going to add more content. I, we got plans. We're talking about it. Nick, you might see Nick and I's ugly mugs on there every once in a while, too, playing some <laughs> Warzone, tearing shit up. So just keep an eye. Look, we got plans for the Twitch channel. Don't you worry. Nick Hawley, Jared Scaly, guys, thank you for watching, and thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, wait. Shit. Sure.